Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the Not So Simple Life. I love it. Hi everyone, we have a very inspiring guest in this episode and we know you'll all be feeling more uplifted after listening. We are going to be joined by the lovely Kimberly Snyder. She is the founder of Saluna, which is a holistic lifestyle brand dedicated to helping you live your true beauty. Kimberly is also a three-time New York Times bestselling author, a yoga instructor, and a spiritual meditation teacher. She has worked with dozens of top celebrities to help them feel their best, including Drew Barrymore, Carrie Washington, Reese Witherspoon, and Channing Tatum. We've got so much to get into today. Let's get this episode going and get on into it. Well, I think it's time for a brief life update from both of us because you guys need to be filled in from time to time on what (laughs) your hosts have been getting up to. So Kylie, why don't you fill our podcast family in on anything exciting that's going on with you right now? While still living that brand new dog mom life, I've got my puppy keeping me on my toes. But one thing that I had to get into here was I tried acupuncture for the first time, Mm. which was quite the experience, but also I feel like I didn't experience too much. So I want all of our listeners hearing me right now to message me if you think I'm wrong in this, but I felt absolutely no benefits after it. What did you want to achieve from it? I went in feeling sluggish and I was really like, kind of just bloated and puffy and swollen all week you know when you just feel like like no matter how clean you eat or what workout you do you just like have this bloat that won't leave yeah so I thought acupuncture would help but no I felt nothing I sat there these little needles go in and like that's actually easy I'm like not a needle fan by any means but I'm not like like Sophie where like I can't handle the needles so it was simple there but I just didn't feel the benefits I laughed and I just I don't know so I'd love to hear from someone who can say Kylie you just got to do it more maybe you didn't go to the right place I don't know I wanted it to go well it just didn't go so well that sucks well on the topic of bloating I actually saw something on TikTok today which I'm really intrigued by it was someone and she was lying on the floor with her legs up in the air against the wall and I was like what is she doing everyone apparently knew what she was doing because apparently that's what you're supposed to do for bloating and she said that's what she does before she gets into a bikini and I was like how does that make a difference have you tried that So she has like her butt against the wall and her feet straight up. Yeah, facing the sky. Okay, so I've done this, but not for bloating in like my stomach or anything, but for my legs, if they feel super tight or if I've like walked a lot or like even shooting all day in heels, I do that because it's good for circulation in your legs to let all of the blood go from the feet all the way back down to the bottom of your legs. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know this helped bloating too. I feel like I should pay attention next time I do that. Me neither. I'm going to try it out and I'll let you guys know how it goes. But for me, I'm still in Seychelles, starting to get island fever a little bit. Well, more like a lot. And I'm thinking it's time to head back to the big city. 
Let me just say the energy in the city is electric right now. I just went home for 10 days. So I went to Dallas and got back here and the city is like a new place in literally 10 days. People are not wearing their masks because they're vaccinated. All the restaurants are open. People are just so happy. So like it's literally electric. That's the best way to explain it. So if that's not enticing you to get your ass back to New York City, I don't know what will. Yeah, it is. But (laughs) on a good note, I finally found, this is so off topic, but I finally found a good sun cream that I can use on my face that does not irritate my skin. And you know how revolutionary that is for me? Because I have gone my whole life without being able to use sun cream on my face because everything irritates me let me clarify when she says sun cream she means sunscreen spf whatever you call it i have never heard sun cream i think it's kind of cute but it makes more sense it may be confusing you guys what are you using skin cure spf 50 it's an oil free mineral based sun cream it's really good and i can't believe i've gone all these years without using sun cream on my face because it's just like it's such a nice product it doesn't leave any residue on the skin it it absorbs completely in and it doesn't irritate or cause me to break out and i think it's because it's got all these other ingredients in it like it's got niacinamide in it which is amazing for like controlling oily skin and so i think it's actually helping with my acne too yep and i'm using the same so i can also vouch for this one summer is coming we've got to protect our skin we will definitely link this one into the show notes for you guys yeah and you can get 20 percent off if you use our code tnss live 20 on derm to door and that is exactly where we got it from so a little gift for you guys and it's already priced well it is anyway guys we have kimberly coming on today and she is going to get into so many interesting topics and it's an episode i think we all need in our lives so i think we should wrap up this little small talk and get her on here let's do it All right, guys, we are joined by Kimberly Snyder. How are you doing? How is life in LA treating you? Uh, Morning, ladies. Life is great. I'm just, you know, Monday morning, we had an epic kids party here. We had 60 people at our house outdoor, safe distance. We have a big yard, but, you know, moving from mommy mode back into work mode a little bit now. So so. there we go. Well, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and share with us a little bit about your company, Saluna? Yeah, so I am the founder of a lifestyle brand called Saluna. And the foundation of our philosophy is our four cornerstone philosophy. And we have offerings in all of the cornerstones. So they're food, body, emotional well-being and spiritual growth. And when I started 10 years ago now, you guys, my first book came out and I was really focused on food and I was a nutritionist. And what happened was I started to dial in food and I was just seeing an impact with that. But then I was seeing limitations with just focusing on food. So then I started be, you know, branching out, expanding the philosophy and dialing in my meditation practice and going deeper into community. And, you know, all of this just came very organically. It came from my work with clients, which was really not just about food, but I would meditate with them and do yoga and do all these different things. So, so Luna today, we, you know, we offer food information and programs. Um, we have supplements and skincare in the body category. We have an app with something called the Saluna Circle, which is really a community-based program where we take a deep dive on all these different aspects of life. And then spiritually, we have meditations that we put out every month as well. Amazing. Well, can you share just a little bit about your view on each of these four pillars and why you think it's so important to have all four of those balanced to achieve true beauty? 
It's true, you guys. I get asked a lot, you know, what is wellness? <laughs> what is health? And I think there's a lot of confusion out there because I think as a society, we tend to see things in a very fragmented way. So for instance, you know, food is the first pathway into wellness. And I think it's the starting point for most of us. It was for me. You know, it's like if there's a big fire, you put out the, the biggest flame first, and then you can work in the other areas. And for a lot of us, food is problematic. We have an unhealthy relationship with food or we use food to shift our mood. We have cravings. You know, I was chronically bloated for years. I had, you know, candida, I had all these different issues. So food is usually the pathway into wellness. And food has a profound impact on our energy, on our skin, on everything else. But again, it doesn't stop with food. So then the next cornerstone is body. And body is everything other than food. So as humans, we're meant to be having this embodied experience. We're in this physical body. But so many of us are disconnected from our body. So many people say to me, I don't really know when I'm hungry. I don't know what my body needs. So the body cornerstone is really about connecting with your unique bodily temple. So it includes supplements, sleep, skincare, products, exercise, asanas, the physical part of yoga, and everything that's about really connecting with your physical temple. Then we go into the parts that you don't see. So emotional well-being is our third cornerstone. And this is the one that I find needs the most nurturing, actually, in most people. My last book, which is called Recipes for Your Perfectly Imperfect Life, I found incredible research about bloating and inflammation specifically related to our thought patterns. So we talk about the gut-brain oh. access a lot, about how our gut affects our microbiome, of course, and our um neurotransmitters and our moods, but we don't often think about going the other way down, meaning our thoughts, our emotions actually create all those stress hormones, pull blood flow and circulation out of our GI tract, make it harder to lose weight, make you age faster, make you exhausted, all these different aspects. So emotional well-being and mental health has become a huge, huge part of my philosophy. And then fourth is spiritual growth. And that is not about religion or dogma. It's about connecting with yourself, your true self, the essence inside of you. So I'm a big proponent of meditation, but stillness, being in nature, all the different ways that we connect inside, I think is really the source of true confidence and connecting to your true beauty and not you know, spending so much energy comparing yourself to other people, feeling not enough. So what I find is that if you don't take this holistic approach and you don't work on all four cornerstones, you people tend to focus on one or two. They tend to hyper fixate. So for instance, if you're not in touch with your emotional health, you can get obsessed with your diet or obsessed with your body. And I see this all the time with clients. They go deeper and deeper and deeper down into that rabbit hole. Maybe it's this one missing pill. Maybe it's you know the riboflavin or the collagen or something I'm missing versus going wider. And so I've seen this, you know, over 10 years in my work that our wholeness is in our power. So when we really treat ourselves as whole and we nourish ourselves on all these levels, that's when your energy goes up. That's when you look amazing. That's when you feel amazing. And it really is about this wider, more holistic approach that gets the best results. Yeah, so obviously you're saying how your emotional health is incredibly important and it helps everything else fall into place. So what are some of the best emotional health practices that you do daily to really help you achieve that? Well, I think first of all, on a, on a basic level, I think as a society and in Western society, modern society, we don't really feel our feelings. 
So we talk about digestion a lot when it comes to food, but actually, first of all, digesting your feelings is the first fundamental part. Think about what most people do, right? You have something that doesn't feel good. You may text a friend, or maybe you go on YouTube or Instagram or Netflix to distract yourself, or maybe you have a glass of wine or a joint or a bunch of cookies or whatever it is, something external to try to quell that feeling. But actually, based on the work of Dr. David Hawkins, psychologist who I'm a huge fan of, you actually want to digest your feeling. So that means sitting with a feeling, which intensity-wise usually lasts only 10 minutes or less. So that's the process of a digesting. And when you do that, you actually, it moves through you the way that food would move through you. And then you can take action, which sometimes is nothing at all. And sometimes it's, you know, you, you need to get calm first before you go forward. But for most people, emotionally, we kind of swallow and distract and the feelings don't really go away. They end up being encrypted in your system. They manifest in insomnia, anxiety, the chronic anxiety we see today, the depression. So people aren't really processing their feelings. And so something little may come up and you kind of freak out because it's all this pent up emotion inside of you. And on a physical level, what that's doing is really imbalancing your nervous system. So you're, you're in fight or flight most of the time. Your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system are completely out of whack. Therefore, your hormones are out of whack. Uh, we have a fertility and pregnancy course coming out. And there's so much research around this from a fertility standpoint. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So really the basic first step, I would say, Sophie, is to actually get used to feeling feelings, even if they're uncomfortable and just letting them go through you. We're mm -hmm. stronger than we think. And so it's that process. And then I'm also a really big fan of journaling. We have a lot of journal prompts in the circle every month. So after you meditate, usually I journal for five or 10 minutes in the morning. If there's things I need to let go of, I write them down. Sometimes if I'm feeling down, I'll actually write out a list of things I'm grateful for. It's just like, here's my journal right here. It's, a, it's just a physical way to get some of this energy out of your mind and onto paper. And there's a lot of healing that comes from that. What do you do with the stuff you write down in your journal afterwards? Do you just leave it in the book forever? Because my biggest concern is if I put all this personal stuff out there, it's there for anyone else to find it. Do you know what I mean? Like, is there a safe place you put it or does that not bother you oh, so much? Oh, man. I have dozens of journals and sometimes it's <laughs> crossed my mind. Like what if my husband were to look back and see some of the stuff and he'd be like, oh my God, she's crazy. But honestly, like I, you know, I have my little office space. Like I just tuck it in a drawer and I don't know if you, if you're really concerned, you could get like a little lock, but I actually read back some of the stuff. Like even, you know, this morning I was looking a couple weeks ago. And something that seems so, you know, like the end of the world, this is so potent, this is so dramatic. It's amazing, you know, a little bit of space and time and digesting how we get through all of these moments. And this really started for me, you guys. Saluna was formed after my mom passed away really suddenly, now about four years ago. So my older son, who's five, he wasn't even a year old. It was really intense you know, we found out she had cancer on Valentine's Day and she was so healthy up until that point and energetic. She was with us for Christmas two months earlier. And then by March 29th, so six weeks later, she had left her body. She had passed. And it was all these emotions of like being really out of control and anger and sadness and grief. And I really had no choice but to face the emotions. 
Sure. And they came in waves, right? It's like grief comes in huge waves, like a tidal wave. And that for me was a really big turning point. A lot of things shifted in my life. And one of them was, you know, verbalizing, creating these four cornerstones, talking about them publicly, even though I had been doing this work with clients. And I could see, oh, wow, like this is how you process grief. Like this is how you get through anxiety. And so a lot of what I teach today came from that really formative time that out of control time. And then we can see in daily life, we're out of control a lot of the times, you know? It's true. Like shit comes up and things come at us, whether it's something small, like, you know, a bunch of people leave something mean on your Facebook post or your social media post, or maybe you get dumped by your boyfriend out of nowhere or, you know, whatever, all these things in life come up. And um, as humans, I think a big part of our, our growth and our emotional health is being able to digest that and to stay really calm and centered and then to take action from that place. And when we do that, then we're really in wellness. Then we notice, you know, better digestion. We know, notice better sleep patterns. We notice, you know, I don't work out the way I did years ago, but my body has maintained my weight because I keep shedding all this energy. And people don't realize that energy is energy, whether we're talking about food or these emotions, it creates layers and it doesn't balance our hormones. Like I said, it takes energy out of our GI tract. So everything is so uh, super connected. And all these unseen parts of us, the emotional, spiritual part, have such a profound impact on the physical. Well, one thing I was reading on your blog that I really, really loved was that you have said that happiness is based off of our inner state and not what we have on the outside. And like nowadays with social media, you know, everyone's showing off how often they're traveling, how many friends they have, how hard they're working, what their success is like. And I feel like this has really made it hard for some people to just kind of look within and be happy with just what they have on the inside. So I want to know what helps you get to your happier state and kind of tune out anything that could take that away from you. So I would say, Kylie, there's two things here. It's kind of like when people say to me, juice and smoothie interchangeably, I'm like, no, they're not the same thing. Smoothie right. is whole and it has the fiber and juice is stripped of the fiber. They're both good, but they're different, right? So happiness is, you know, triggered by things that we see and things that we like, but then there's joy and joy comes from the inside and joy has nothing to do with anything external. So it's, you know, this ever new joy that the yogis, the yoga masters talked about, like my guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, joy is sustainable and sustained. So the problem is when happiness becomes this moving target and it's based on how many followers you have or this vacation you did or just this amazing yoga retreat that lasts for, you know, the happy feelings last for four days and then you go down again. So the problem is, you know, back to the four cornerstones, we may spend a lot of time thinking about our food, thinking about how we work out, even, you know, our community, even, you know, connecting with friends. But if we don't have that fourth one, which is that spiritual growth, if we don't find time to connect with our true self, which is below the surface, we're never going to be strong as we look at other people's posts. As we move through the world, we're going to be triggered. We're going to feel not enough. We're going to feel envy. We're going to feel all this stuff. So for me, my practices are what keep me level. My practices are what keep me really joyful. And what I mean by that is I have a full morning practice I teach that hits all the cornerstones. It includes hot water with lemon, taking SBO probiotics, drinking the glowing green smoothie, but meditation. 
And, you know, I have two young kids and if I can do it, anybody can do it. Right. You know, right now the baby's napping, my five-year-old's playing. I come down here and I find the space to meditate. It sets the energetic tone for the day. And I do this before I go on social media, before I get into my emails, because I know if I'm stable and I'm connected here, I'm less reactive out here. Right. And same thing at the end of the day, I meditate. I have my practices. I take a shower. I imagine the water is like taking all the energy off the day. I go back inside and then I have a great sleep. We had a um, Dr. Michael Bruce, who's Dr. Oz's sleep doctor, come on the podcast. And he said, this is colloquial. He hadn't done or anecdotal rather. He hadn't done clinical research on this, but he says what he tells his clients is to journal about an hour before bed. And that practice of getting you know, all the thoughts and the to-do list and the you know, little things that creep up during the day on paper, like we were saying, clears ourselves so that we can relax and sleep better. So practices right. are really important. The practices that go in day in and day out, otherwise you get really dinged around in the outside world. And I think that's the source of a lot of the anxiety that we see and so much unhappiness today is people don't take the time to connect inside. Meditation is usually the first thing that goes for people when they're busy. For me, when I'm really slammed and stressed out, I'll meditate four times as long because <laughs> that's wow. that's the real lifeline. Right. You've got to balance. You have to. You have to. Otherwise, you really have you know nothing that's going to feel good. I just remembered when you said about the journaling before bed thing. When I was little, I used to always journal after I had my dreams. So it was like kind of like the opposite. Mm. But when I'd wake up, I would always write down everything that happened in my dreams. And I loved doing it. And then I'd always read back on it and like trying to analyze it. And it was kind of like a weird sort of like way of journaling. But I was just journaling what my subconscious was telling me. And I found it really interesting to like be able to go read back at that. Like I have it now. And it was from when I was like 10 years old. Amazing. My dreams were crazy. <laughs> I was like, it's such a weird thing to like <laughs> see my mind from like that many years ago when we lose the things we do as children you know like these practices it takes me an hour to put my kids to bed there's like a whole routine with bath and you know massage and then all these things and then as adults it just completely goes out the window right right and you know what one thing i'll say you guys because my next book and i'm in the middle of editing it comes out in january but you know it's based on these ancient teachings for modern life that have helped me so much and it's, it's i think it's my best book it's really my playbook for everything But it's interesting when you go back to some of these ancient texts like the Bhagavad Gita, which is central in yoga, and it's really about the battle of life and the battle of the senses. And, you know, thousands of years ago, it was a different time. And, you know, we're battling whatever in the medieval times, who has the bigger castle and like all these things, right? You think about it in the 40s and the 50s. Today, there's even more of a battle because of social media, right? Because we're on our phones and there's so much accessible. It's pulling you outside. Look at what all these people are doing. Look at their life. Like you were saying, Kyle, look at my vacations. Look at this. Look at that. And so we have to be warriors for ourselves. We have to be the ones that show up and do our practices. And, you know, back to this idea of wellness and why Saluna is so holistic, because I don't want to just give people one piece of the pie. I feel like it's it's not authentic. It's not going to help people feel their very best. A lot of people really resonated with my first book, The Beauty Detox Solution, which was about food a lot, even though there was this energetic component. And I am passionate about that. But I really you know, believe that for us to feel our best, it's all these cornerstones, you guys. It's the part, you know, it's easy to focus on the Peloton bike and look at how many calories you're burning, all this stuff. It's easy to see the physical But the funny thing, like, you know, Yogananda says, the things that don't seem real are real. (laughs) And the things that seem so real are 
when we work on these things that you can't see with your physical eyes, the physical part gets better. Your mm -hmm. body and your skin and your eyes and your hair, everything falls into balance when you really take this approach. If your volume isn't on loud, you may want to turn it up to hear this. We are taking a quick pause to tell you guys about our go-to supplements from Cured Nutrition that are keeping us on our A-game. Cured Nutrition creates their products to help us all elevate our lives and to truly help us feel our very best. For me, it's the CBD and adaptogenic blended supplements called Zen and Rise. Zen elevates my sleep and Rise elevates my daytime energy. It's the immune support and gut health enhancing supplement called Aura for me. There's less bloat, better immunity and improved mood. So what's not to love about it? And the best part about all of this is that we've partnered up with Cured and secured an exclusive discount code for the Not So Simple Life tribe. At checkout, use code SIMPLE for 10% off your entire order. That's right, S-I-M-P-L-E at checkout for 10% off. Trust us, this stuff is major. Now let's get back to this episode. We know that you are a big fan of routines. So why do you feel like your daily routine can be so beneficial to your well-being? Well, I think we're part of, we, well, I don't think, I know we're part of nature, right? And there's a Sanskrit word called dinacharya, which has to do with daily rhythm and daily routine. And you look out nature, I'm just looking out my window here, you know, for instance, with a tree, there's like the part where the, the, the leaves are abundant and full, and there's the part where they change and they dry out and then they fall off. And then there's this regeneration process. So cycles are part of nature, the circadian rhythm, the, the rising of the sun and the moon. That's what Saluna means, right? The sun and the moon. It's a very shamanic way of looking at the planet. Just like all these elements are in rhythm and cycle. And as humans, since we're part of that, it's really important that we have these rhythms that ground us through the ups and downs, the unexpected. We can't control all these things in life, but when we have regular rhythms, when our body can count on things, what happens is it starts to regulate our nervous system. And our nervous system is connected to our endocrine system. So glandular level, like so many of our organs function based on just our nervous system. Our immunity is tied to our nervous system. So then we get into this rhythm where we start to digest our food better. And then we start to sleep better. Our sleep cycles get regulated. So in a world of irregularity, rhythms and practices are what give us so much of our strength and our power. And as someone that didn't have rhythms at a certain point in my life, I used to be you know, a chronic dieter. I used to be a big partier. I used to be up all night and drinking and eating late night pizza. And then the next day I would try to starve myself. You know, I was very erratic and I know what that feels like. And I know what it's like to be in rhythm. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. I always say to try to go for 80%, but it allows that room for flexibility and still being in the rhythm. I'm a massive, massive creature of habit and fan of routines, but I know that took a lot of time and it took a lot of like patience and just looking at my lifestyle to find that routine that sticks because that's, I feel like the goal. Everyone just wants to find a routine that feels right, aligns with their life. What is your best advice for someone who maybe wants to get into more routines and wants to set this for their life? How do they get started? Like, where do they begin? So I always begin in the morning, right? It's sort of like we, we go back to nature. Nature is our greatest teacher. So with the rising sun in the morning, there's that opportunity to set the energetic tone for the day. 
And let's face it, the longer the day goes on, things get out of control. Like maybe, you know, something happens with your child or friend calls you and she really needs you to come over right now. But in the morning, that magic time from when you wake up, like that first hour of your day, if you can really dial that in, we can break it down. Let's say you just take one step in the morning, someone that's really like, I can't do all that. But let's say you just start meditating for five minutes before you get out of bed and you can stack it. You can say, I'm going to meditate. And then the first thing in my body is going to be hot water with lemon. You take one step or two and then you establish that, you know, experts say some say 28 days, some say 21 days, some say 25 days, whatever. It takes a couple of weeks to really ingrain a practice. So you can start right. with that step and then you can build from there. But I've always found the best results when you start in the morning. Yeah, I always have to start everything in the morning. Otherwise, my whole day is like a write off for me. <laughs> it's true. Right. It's true. So now on the topic of viruses, since we're in the middle of a pandemic, you believe that when you stress out and over obsess over something like a virus, it can actually make us less healthy. So can you tell us a bit more about your thoughts around this? So again, it goes back to the four cornerstones. I really apply that to everything. So we need to obviously take a sensible approach and, you know, listen to the CDC and, you know, do the things they recommend like masks and social distancing and all of that, wash your hands and use hand sanitizer. So we do the things that we can, but then we also have to recognize that there is a lot out of our control, right? So from a four cornerstone approach, when it comes to viruses, when it comes to illnesses in general, we want to eat in a way and we want to eat foods that nourish us and digest really well. So I am plant-based. I recommend a plant forward diet, whether someone wants to eat meat or not. You know, I don't say it's all or nothing, but plant foods have fiber and fiber is going to help matter move through your system stagnation creates toxicity and that's a breeding ground for illnesses so fiber keeps things moving through fiber also helps to feed the short chain fatty acids in your the lining of your gut it's amazing for your gut health so lots and lots of fiber rich plant foods from a body perspective Movement is important. I'm a big fan of fresh air, going on walks, getting outside, back to the stagnation. Um, when we are sitting around and we feel stagnant, then we can start to feel stagnant in our mind. And that's where fear can start to come up. Emotionally, the fear factor is something that really impacts your immunity. It breaks, it causes inflammation, the stress you're talking about, Sophie. So community, sharing. Um, that's what our circle is all about. We do a live Zoom every month. We have daily interaction with the community. We take a deep dive every month. Oh my gosh, this month, you guys, was a super intense one. It was about discovering your life's calling. It's very emotional. A lot of people have really examined their life during the pandemic. And so community journaling, like we talked about, and having um, finding a community that's really like-minded, I think is important. Finding time to process your feelings you know, and how you deal with stress. And then the biggest one to me is the spiritual growth because it's about feeling okay with being out of control because we don't control a lot of things, but we can control our inner state. Like you were saying, Kylie, we can't control anything out here if we're being real, but we can control in here. We can control our ability to respond rather than react and not freak out. So the more we can sit, and breathe and meditate. And that's why I love doing all these lead meditations. Then we find a deeper place. You know, the surface is choppy, but underneath there's a calm center. And when you connect there, 
you can go through and deal and take the precautions. And, you know, I don't like to wallow in the news. I see the headlines, but I don't own a TV. So I don't, I personally don't watch the news. I'll read things, but um, to me, watching is a very big um, onslaught on your nervous system. It's, you know, creates a lot of reactivity in the body. But taking this four cornerstone approach will be able to help you feel centered even in the middle of something really uh, potentially terrifying like a pandemic. And, you know, we can get through. We'll, we'll be okay. As you're talking about things going through the body and keeping things moving, I know one thing that is so important is hydration. And it's something that so many of our listeners and just so many people around me even have a hard time with. And I understand because I once did as well. Water is a massive part of my routine now. But I want to know why you think it's so important for us to always pay attention to hydration and what some of your best tips are to help people find better hydration in their body. Uh, This is so funny. They're asking this question because I was sitting in bed last night with my husband and he was like, oh, he's like, my energy has been down. And I was like, babe, you just don't drink enough water. We have an infrared sauna. And sometimes I watch him and he comes out of the sauna and he gets in the shower. He barely drinks water. I'm like, what are you doing? You just sweat in there for like an hour, right? Nothing left. Yeah. And, you know, I watch him in the morning, his trainer comes and sometimes I'll pop in there with the kids. It's really cute. They'll like cheer for him when he's lifting weights. But he's drinking coffee during his workout. So I literally just had this conversation last night and I said, your energy will go up if you hydrate. And for him, for a lot of people, we do forget. So for him, what I like, we have these, you know, the containers of water. I just saw you, Kylie, with your mountain, whatever, the mountain mountain valley. valley. And he has one of those big glass mountain valley ones. So it's like, you know, drinking a certain percentage or putting it in a container. If you you work at a desk or, you know, you're like me and you're running around and you're a busy mom, like filling, you know, stainless steel water bottles or whatever glass and monitoring yourself because when you're busy, you forget. But if you have that visual, you will remember, oh, I still have, you know, this much more to drink. And it will remind you because it is an easy thing to forget, but it's so fundamental. If we don't hydrate, we don't detox properly. Our Our digestion doesn't function properly. All our organs, even the heart, everything is affected by hydration. The fascia, which runs, you know, around and wraps around all our organs and all our tissues starts to harden and calcify. And it creates soreness and tightness. So there's less circulation, which means less oxygen and less nutrition getting to your cells. So it's very, very simple. But, you know, simple is one of my favorite words. I love the word is in your podcast. I always say some of the most simple things are really the most profound. And so hydration is key. Yeah, that's why we do this podcast. We want to make things that should be simple a little bit more simple. So that's our goal here. Yeah. It's funny you said that about your husband drinking coffee during his workout because I did that this morning. As I was doing it, I was like, (laughs) Kylie would be so angry at me right now. Sweating it out. And I'm like, it's okay. My coffee has ice cubes in it. I'll be good. Oh, she's one of those. You said you recommend drinking water at room temperature. Is there a reason behind this? There's research, there's conjectural ideas as well. But, you know, for me, I go back to, I'm a big, uh, I'm a student of Ayurveda. I've studied now for about five years. And I go back to the ancient sciences as well. And all of it across the board recommends not having very cold, icy water in your body. So think about putting something in your body that's 60 degrees about, you know, below your body temperature. Imagine when you put your hand in the freezer, what happens to your hand? The circulation starts to be cut off and it starts to get numb. 
So from a hydration standpoint, it's believed when we have something closer to room temperature, it's going to hydrate your body more quickly, more thoroughly. Your body doesn't actually have to break down, warm up the water for it to really deeply nourish your cells. So I, you know, so sometimes it takes people a little bit of time getting used to it. I mean, think about on the plane in a restaurant, they plunk down that glass of water, most of it's ice. So I know a lot of people, it takes that time to sort of wean off the ice. I'm not suggesting you have to drink nasty warm water when it's like a, you know, really hot summer day. But when you get used to room temperature water, which is really all I drink, it starts to, you know, it starts to feel really good and you get used to it. And on a hydration level, you know, it's believed it will hydrate you more quickly and more efficiently. Well, personally, I also feel like when I drink room temperature water, I chug the glass or whatever it is. When I get a cup of ice water, I don't know if it's my teeth, my throat, something about putting that shockingly cold water just doesn't go down as easy. I feel like it really helps to be just room temperature. It's a room temperature. And then the other type of water and beverage that's really important is warm to hot. So Ayurveda teaches the first thing in your body. That's why I said the warm to hotter water with lemon squeezed in is really important because it starts to stoke the fires of digestion known as Agni. And so again, just like we said, the meditating in the morning sets the energetic tone. Putting that warm water in your body is a really great way to start to stoke your digestive fires and to promote better digestion for the day. Yeah, what benefits have you seen since having lemon water every single morning? What changes did it make to your body? So, and I talk about this quite openly. I talk about digestion as someone that was very constipated. And, you know, I think a lot of people are squeamish talking about it, but it's not just what we're putting in, but what we're taking out, right? So we have a, I don't recommend a lot of supplements, but we have an amazing supplement at Saluna called Detoxy, right? So that paired with the lemon water, and it's basically nasal oxygen. It's not senna. It's not an herb that over time can weaken your peristalsis. It's basically nasal oxygen paired with a stable form of vitamin C called ASC2P. And clinical research has shown that this combination um, stops the telomeres from fraying, which is the root root cause of aging, but it also just promotes the waste and the old stagnation and the acid peeling away from the edges of your GI tract and coming in and getting flushed out. So what I find is I take Detoxy right before I go to bed, and then I drink the hot water with lemon, and then I have a much bigger bowel movement than I ever had in the past. And that has boom changed my life. My, I haven't done a sit up in years. My stomach is flat. Um, I'm not bloated anymore. I have a ton of energy. (laughs) I just feel like my skin has gotten so much better. My eyes are brighter. I mean, I, I just, I can't go on and on about that combination has literally changed my entire life. Of course you want to change your diet, but if you just start doing that, you're going to get so much of that waste out. You know, I use this analogy because our bodies are mostly water, right? I use this analogy in my first book. When you think about bodies of water, when you have that type of flow, you become a waterfall. I was just in Hawaii and you see this waterfall. It's magnetic. It's beautiful. It's flowing. So there's this dynamic flow. We're meant to be dynamic, right? Our cells are overturning. Our blood is you know, moving through our lymph system. Everything is moving. You become the waterfall. And if you have poor digestion, you become the stagnant pond where there's like scum and algae growing on the top. And it's just not very beautiful and it doesn't have no. any energy, doesn't have any Shakti in it. Right. So that is what we want. We want flow. 
I love that analogy. It makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah. heading into summer, we are all going to be working on our summer bodies, as they like to call it. Do you feel that smoothies are a great way to feel and look better? Oh, I drink smoothies every day because, number one, it's a really practical way to get a lot of nutrition in. You are not what you eat. You are what you digest. And most people don't chew well enough. They kind of swallow their food. You know, they have lower levels of hydrochloric acid or they don't have enough digestive enzyme, whatever. There's just a lot of reasons. So smoothies are in essence pre-digested because you're blending the nutrients. So you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, so to speak. And secondly, they're practical. You know, when I'm playing with my kids, I feed my kids. I don't have time to sit there and chew really well. So I can have a smoothie while I'm doing other things. <laughs> so yes, I'm a big, um, I we have the glowing green smoothie at my house. Even our baby who's 11 months now loves it. My five-year-old drinks it. My Everybody in our house drinks it. So then I have something later in the day called the power protein smoothie that has the healthy fats and the healthy protein. In the morning, I believe that we should have the fiber and the nutrients and the vitamins and all of that. There's an element of intermittent fasting a little bit here because you are not digesting heavy fat and protein in the morning. So you're getting the nutrition. It's helping to stabilize your blood sugar levels, but you're not exerting a lot of energy. Then later in the day, I had the power protein smoothie, which is vegan protein powder. It's chia seeds. I put sprouts in it. We make raw almond milk every day in my house. So it's like a nice, hearty, delicious shake. And when I was pregnant, and I'm thinking about this pregnancy course a lot right now, you can really bump up your protein needs as a pregnant woman just by having an extra power protein smoothie. Amazing. Well, one thing that we always like to wrap up our episode with is asking our guests what three products or gadgets, whatever it is that they just can't live without. Products. So I will say, first of all, my Vitamix is what I make all my smoothies in. I think it's a kitchen essential for everybody. It's amazing. Number two, if I could say, can I say my own product? Oh my God, of course. It's great to hear which one's your favorite too. You know? Well, like I said, I don't put out a lot of supplements, but they work together. So in the morning I take my SBO probiotics and those are the ones I never, ever miss. They're really, really powerful. It's based in the soil. It's hardy. It survives your stomach acid. So I take those, the digestive enzymes before I eat anything and then the detoxy at night. And that's been like, wow, it makes you become a really efficient machine in your body and then your meditations become amazing and your mood stabilize and your skin. So I'm really passionate about those Saluna supplements, which is the reason I put them out. And then if I could say a third thing, well, I mean, I, you know, I go back to me, like my, I mean, I just was meditating before you guys. And I would say my meditation cushion, because I think back to practices, if you meditate in the same place every day, it helps you drop in. And I like to feel grounded. So I like to be on the ground. So my meditation cushion elevates my hips and therefore I'm on the ground. You know, I'm a big fan of feng shui as well. I think it's important to decorate your space. If you guys can see, I've got a lot of like big crystals around me and things that I really love. So I feel good in my space and then you can feel really creative and grounded. So, you know, any sort of pretty fellow that you like that makes you want to meditate, right? You want to sit there. You want to, you have a nice space that feels beautiful to you. I love that. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on here and giving us this incredible interview with you. It's been such a pleasure to have you on. And can you please tell all our listeners where they can find you and where they can find your company, Saluna? So give us the website handle, all of that good stuff so they know where to go. 
Oh, amazing ladies. It was so great to talk to you both and love to connect more, love to connect with all you beauties listening. So our website is mysaluna.com. So that's uh, with two L's, my S-O-L-L-U-N-A.com. And we also just launched our Saluna app, which is free in the app store. It makes it easy to find the meditations and the recipes and um, the circle and so many of our offerings. And then my handle on Instagram is at underscore Kimberly Snyder. Yes, everyone be sure to check her out. She covers so many different (laughs) topics that we would never have enough time to touch on here and you guys will definitely not be disappointed. So thank you so much again. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we loved that conversation with Kimberly and we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And now we're in our Q&A section. We picked two very special questions submitted by our very special listeners and we are here to answer them today. So the first question, what is the very first thing you do when you wake up in the morning to get you moving? For me, it's make a coffee, like essential, straight out of bed. But also that's kind of a given. I'd say like my best tip would be get sun on your face. I sit in the window. I make my coffee and I sit in the window. That will get you up and moving for sure. Yeah, coffee gets me out of bed. And if it's not coffee, it's a cup of tea. But it's the first thing I do. I get up and I look forward to going downstairs and making my tea or coffee. And then I'll sit outside and listen to some music while drinking it. And that is the best way to start my mornings. Do you do slow music or do you do like really oh, pumping music? music? Yeah, got to get the energy oh, wow. up, girl. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Right, number two. Can you guys please do more solo episodes? Yes, we can. And we're actually planning on doing one. And if you guys have any topic suggestions for us that you want to hear us talking about, please let us know. It always helps to hear what you guys are actually interested in hearing. And I love that you guys ask this because Sophie and I also really enjoy our solo episodes, even though we love interviews, of course. We love the solo episodes and we were actually just saying that we should do more of them. We were thinking maybe one a month. So when this question was submitted, we were like, wow, that's our sign. That's our sign from the universe. So we will definitely start rolling these ones out more. Yes. Thank you guys for being here, for coming along for the ride with us. And if you have not yet subscribed on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to click that button and leave us a rating and review. And you guys should know where to find us by now on Instagram. We are there at the Not So Simple Life Podcast. Send us anything you want. We are always there to answer any questions you have. And until then, we will see you guys next Tuesday. 